Welcome to the Australian Hiker Podcast, Australia's longest-running hiking podcast downloaded over three-quarters of a million times in over 160 countries and providing you with an Australian perspective on all things hiking. We're your hosts, Tim and Jewel Savage, coming to you from Ngunnawal and Ngambri country. This is episode 248 of the Australian Hiker Podcast, and in this week's episode, we talk about changing tastes in food on the trail. We hope you enjoy. Before we get into today's episode, if you'd like to help support Australian Hiker and this podcast, there are a couple of ways that you can help us out. Firstly, by subscribing on your podcast host of choice, so that each episode is available as soon as it's published, and if you have the opportunity, leave us a five-star review. Another way to support us is go to the Australian Hiker website at www.australianhiker.com.au and click on the supporters page and buy us a coffee. You can do a one-off donation or become a monthly supporter. All donations are greatly appreciated and help us to continue producing this podcast and blog. Now let's get on to today's episode. Now I've been hiking and camping for many years and I've found that my tastes in food have slowly evolved, changing bit by bit, which is to be expected. Recently, however, my on-trail diet has gone through a revolution rather than an evolution, which has changed the way that I hike in addition. In this podcast, we look at what's changed and the impact that this has had. To get the best out of this podcast, we recommend you go to the show notes uh, of episode 248 and click on the spreadsheet, which will show you the, uh, the food lists that I carry for a week. Okay, so what's changed? And for me, as I said, any changes have been very much a slow and gradual sort of change. There are some items that I have on my meal list that have been there for I don't know how many years, I've just lost count, uh, while others have only been on for a few years. The thing that uh, often amazes me is, uh, as I said, usually it's been a very slow, gradual change. I'll, I'll often swap something out every hike and replace it with something new. But when I went through and did the South Coast track at the end of 2022, it was almost a wholesale change in in my diet and I found that out the hard way on trail. Now we need to say something about you and food, Tim, because you are pretty predictable and what you like is what you like and that's what you eat forever. So this is quite a different thing for you to experience, um, whereas I'm a little bit more, this is in favour now, but uh, I don't think it will be in three weeks' time. Okay, so what happened for me on the South Coast track, this was a, a, a trip with seven days worth of hiking, including you know, starting off in, in the evening uh, and then finishing off just before lunch on the last day. So it wasn't seven full days. And I tend to run a, a meal plan that's based on seven full days, uh, and quite often it's not unusual for me to lose out the breakfast because I'll be starting to walk out a bit later on in the morning or I'll arrive at the end of the, the trailhead lunchtime or just after lunch. So it never quite ends up being seven full days in total. But on this hike in particular, there were two things that really did change quite noticeably. And the first one was my breakfast uh, routine. And for really the last, um, I think probably the last seven years, uh, my breakfast has pretty much been a cup of hot tea, uh, and usually that's with uh, without milk. Uh, it's been a breakfast 
snack of some sort, uh, a breakfast bar or a breakfast biscuit, and typically as well, cereal. Uh, And I'll mix the cereal up between uh, what we call overnight oats, which is basically just soaking oats uh, overnight and they're ready to eat the next morning, Uh, or using things like cereal, so wheat bix or Special K, something like that, just to mix up the the, uh, the the variety over a seven-day period. Uh, and for each week, I just go through and just repeat. So, <laughs> so you know, I'm, I'm, uh, certainly in, in, when I'm at home, my, my breakfast routine is pretty consistent. Um, it really hasn't changed that much over the years. And it's I, I can pretty much know what I'm eating for breakfast the next seven days in advance because my tastes don't tend to change. On this hike in particular, what I really found was that I had on the first day or first morning that I had breakfast, that I had my overnight oats, and I really did struggle getting it down. And I don't know why. As I said, this is a a meal that I do really like. And I found that this was a a pattern that tended to repeat itself. I just could not stomach cereal. Uh, Cereal for me um, is something that I don't tend to eat a lot at home anymore. I used to eat quite a lot of it. But it's a it's a um, a meal option that I don't tend to use that much uh, these days at home. So in some respects, it's not unexpected that I also follow suit and not uh, continue to eat cereal on trail. So what I found myself doing is by the end of the uh, the seven days, pretty much the food that I had left over was cereal. <laughs> Uh, so you know, if I had had to do an extra couple of days, I had plenty of food, but it was all cereal, and I wasn't going to. That was a bit of a clue, isn't it? Yeah, There's it not quite, wasn't quite what you were expecting. No. The other thing that I also reduced on this hike was nuts, and nuts is one of those sort of things. It's high in calories. You know, it's a good way of getting food into you uh, uh, for a a fairly good return on the, on the investment on the weight you carry. And I've been eating nuts for many years. I love nuts, and again. Uh, normally in most days I will have a, a, a handful of nuts uh, on a daily basis. But I found that on this hike, what I would usually find would last me one day was, was now lasting me two or three days. So again, this is really strange for me because it's, it's a, a food that I do like and I love to eat when I'm at home, but I've just lost a bit of interest on trail. Yeah, it's an interesting one because normally I would have nuts too, but when we did the 12 Apostles walk, I really couldn't stomach the nuts. I just kept handing them to you. <laughs> Maybe that's what did it. Yeah. You had too many. I think what I've done here with the nuts, I've still concluded them in my, my hiking diet, but I've reduced them. So I've cut them down by probably around about 20%. So if you go to the show notes for this podcast and, and go to the link, uh, it'll have my 2022 meal plan, which was pretty much what I've used for the last few years, as well as my new 2023. And you can see that uh, there are a lot of similarities, but I have just have reduced uh, the amount of nuts that I am actually carrying. And for me, this was probably the two changes that I've made to this meal. Everything else has pretty much stayed the same. So what it's meant is a change in my hiking habits. So what I found on the South Coast track, rather than getting up, putting my kettle on, boiling some water so I could have a cup of tea and then having my cereal, which was always cold, I found that I'm no longer doing that. Uh, And the fact that I'm not eating cereal and don't need a spoon to sort of sit there and eat it uh, and I'm not having a cup of tea in the morning, I found that I was actually packing up my tent virtually as soon as I'd got up 
putting it all away and starting to walk. And after about 15, 20 minutes, I'd start eating uh, my breakfast bars or my breakfast biscuit and one of the muesli bars that I was carrying. So for me, that's now become my morning meal routine. It's um, not very sociable, Tim, though, is it? Well, it's not. And again, this is me solo hiking as opposed to hiking together. Uh, but it means that the the snacks that I was generally spreading out through the day have sort of shifted into breakfast. Um, and I'm now I, I am now eating on trail as I'm walking, uh, which is not something I typically tend to do. Typically, I would start uh, you know, I might grab a piece of dried fruit or some nuts as I'm walking, but in a lot of cases I'd just stop for 10 or 15 minutes and have a, a bit of a, a rest and a break uh, and then get up get up, and just keep on going from there. So that has had quite a big impact on how I hike, and it doesn't sound a lot, but it's probably saved me, I would say, 20 to 25 minutes, maybe half an hour in the morning, you know, which was my usual breakfast routine. And you know, it means that I can get out on trail a bit quicker uh, usually I find that I will typically set my alarm for around about 5.30 in the morning and I've usually woken up without my alarm anyway and then I'd probably, uh, by the time I've got myself dressed, packed my clothes away and my sleeping gear away and had my breakfast, it's probably saved me, uh, as I said, a, that good a good 30 minutes. So I'm now getting away a lot earlier instead of sort of being 7.30, 7.40, 8, 8.15, depending on how organised I was in the morning. I'm actually getting away in most cases by 7 to 7.15 at the latest. Uh, and if I'm planning on doing long days, it gives me the ability to walk that bit longer because I have found, in all honesty, that I have slowed down over the years. I'm not walking as fast as I used to anymore. Now, from my perspective, as I said, this has been the, a, a really a revolution in my meal take-up or my food usage on hikes. When I first started doing long-distance hiking, I would typically carry beef jerky with me, uh, and I found that uh, after a, a short period that I'd have jerky the first few days of a hike, I'd lose interest in it for about a week and then I'd go back to it again uh, later on. That's a lot of chewing, isn't it? It, it is. <laughs> and, it's just, and again, I, I, can, I can sit here and eat beef jerky at home or in my day-to-day life, and in all honesty, I don't do it that often, but I just, I just don't do it on the trail. And it's just something about whether it's the weather conditions, whether it's the way I'm feeling, whether it's what I'm thinking about the hike, uh, my food requirements, my food intake has varied quite differently from my home requirements, which they used to be very much in line with each other. If you look at the spreadsheet, you will notice that I've dropped probably over a seven-day period around about 800 grams of food weight. Not a lot when you spread it. You know, it's only about 110 grams per day. And I've probably dropped around about 70 roughly calories per day. So Again, not a big drop in calories for dropping 100-odd grams of um, 110 grams of weight for, on a daily basis. So while this is, wasn't my intention to save weight, one of the things I've done over the years is uh, any food that I haven't eaten, I've always brought home with me. I've always weighed. I've always had a look at it to see what it is that I haven't actually used. This time I just didn't have, didn't have to worry about it. It was the cereal. <laughs> and um, the nuts. And, and the nuts. So... <laughs> And again, I was, it was very obvious on trail that I was, uh, wasn't eating as many nuts and the, a bag of food, bag of nuts was lasting me three days instead of going through it after a day and day and a bit. One of the things with the food that I've gone through and listed in my spreadsheet is 
Really, this is what I like. It's what I eat. It doesn't necessarily mean that everybody is going to be the same. As I said, everyone has specific tastes and likes on food. And you can get away with bad food for a day or two. But if you're hiking for multiple days or multiple weeks, uh, you really do notice that if you don't like the food, uh, you're not going to be happy. So you've got to take food that you like. I find that I'm not the sort of person that can stop into a town and buy, go into a supermarket and buy food. I might be able to do that for a one day on trail after I leave town and I'll buy cheese and things like that that's perishable. But, you know, there's a, there's a certain limit to what I can actually eat. So I can't just say, well, I'm What go- you will eat. Oh, yeah, what I will eat, yeah. If I'm really desperate, I can eat anything. But, yeah, what I like eating is more than anything else. So I think it's the sort of thing that when you go through and put together a series of menus or meal plans for a multi-day, multi-week sort of hike, the first and foremost thing is you've got to like what you're eating. Sounds obvious, but people don't always do that. They, they Sometimes it's like, well, I should be eating this and I should be eating that and I'll carry this as a result. And then you just don't end up eating it. You just don't feel like it. You can't bring yourself to it. <laughs> no, and I think uh, a good example on the uh, when Jill and I did the Lara Pinta Trail, every hiker without fail, including us, had way too much food. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were still going through and getting used to doing multi-day uh, hiking. We, uh, we were hiking for more than uh, just a few days and it made a big difference. You know, and you'd walk into one of the food pickup areas and people had left a lot of food in their containers and just kept on going. And and the cup of soup. Yeah. The cup of soup, uh, almost no one was it drinking, eating uh, the cup of soup on Lara Pinta. Which was good for the person. There was a, a hiker that we were pretty much paralleling for most of the trip, and he ended up finishing with us at the same <laughs> yes. time. Uh, he, he originally only decided to do half the trail uh, and got halfway through and decided he'd keep on going and finish. And as a result, you know, he was he had, didn't have the food with him. We had extras which we gave him, and he helped himself to the all the leftover food that was in the uh, the bins at the end. Yeah, I think he he was able to get one extra food drop, but not not enough to keep him going to the end. Yeah, so it, it worked out well for him. The next thing in relation to food is, apart from liking it, it also has to have some sort of nutritional value. Uh, um, from my perspective, on a an average day of hiking, I will burn four and a half to 5,000 calories of food. Um, if I'm doing long-distance hiking and doing anything up to 40 kilometres in a day, I have burnt up to 8,500 calories of food. And realistically, it's, it's pretty much physically impossible to carry that much food for a week-long hike. And I'm certainly not carrying the food that you need, that's for sure. Yeah, so if, <laughs> You're on your own there. <laughs> so if you're trying to replace that sort of calories, all you're eating is peanut butter and nuts, uh, and that'll get you close on that calorie intake, but you're not, it's not going to last very long. Uh, Over a long period of time, it's not very nutritious either, no. so it's pretty limiting. No, and, and and again, to to carry to replace those sort of calories, you have to be, be carrying roughly about a kilo of macadamias per day. So it, it you know it's 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 not possible. So I always tend to start my uh, my hikes carrying a bit of extra weight, uh, just to make sure that uh, you know if I lose weight, and I do tend to lose on a multi week hike, I will lose three to three and a half kilos a week. So there there is technically a limit to how much I can keep on going. It's I don't know what would happen if I did a hike of ten weeks long. Um, I, you know, I just can't lose thirty kilos. It's just not not possible. 
So, you know, when I do, and I do have some very long hikes like that planned, there are some strategies I've got that I'll look at putting into place there. There is a limit on how, how much you can actually carry and how much you can actually use uh, and how much you actually feel like. So, I mean, after a multi-week hike, I do actually get away with uh, rotating my food. I'll eat the same meals over and over, week in, week out. I won't eat the same thing seven days in a row, um, but I'll, I'll tend to work between three and four hot meals at night time and just rotate them through. Uh, and I know that these meals are ones that I like, and if I get really desperate, I'll swap them out for something totally different that I usually don't eat, just for a bit of variety. From a dietary perspective, when I did the Bibbulmun track in 2018, I did actually go to a nutritionist. I had my meal uh, uh, plan set out and I took that along and she looked at it and told me what the issues were. And she said, while um, she wouldn't recommend this as a permanent thing for what I was looking at and the period I was looking at, it worked well. She did suggest I have a multivitamin. She said that was where it was lacking, but uh, it worked well. And, you know, every so often I'd drop into a town and I'd have McDonald's or I'd go to the local takeaway and have something really greasy and rich in calories and uh, and, and grease, basically. Yeah, you had uh, permission to do that, didn't yeah, you? <laughs> yeah, and in fact, she actually did tell me you need to go to McDonald's and eat. Uh, you know, I needed to get a lot of calories and uh, in, in the easiest way possible, and that was certainly it. But I think it's the sort of thing that, you know, you, you can't just eat healthy food on trail. And, you, I mean, there's nothing wrong with eating healthy, but you do need to make sure, you know, if you're just eating salads for seven days, you know, you, you're not going to survive. You need the carbohydrates. Uh, you need the protein to be able to, to keep you going over that period of time. So apart from, as I said, just picking things that you like, it also needs to be thing that provides plenty of calories and things that has a bit of nutrition associated with it as well. Yeah, and I think injecting some of that um, variety also keeps your interest up as well. As I said, for me, it was a bit of a surprise that I had such a wholesale change, and it, it doesn't really sound a lot, but losing pretty much what amounted to my usual one, one of three meals a day by losing the cereal was a surprise. I mean, I, I just couldn't stomach it by the end of it. So it's, it's the sort of thing, as I said, expect your dietary and taste requirements to change, but you know, it's a gradual thing in most cases. Okay, that's all for this week's episode. As I said, this is not designed to be something that everybody is going to do. I mean, just because it suits me doesn't necessarily mean it suits everybody else. So have a look at my, my meal uh, suggestions for seven days. Use it as a guide. Don't go on a hike and having not taste tested these things, you might find that you hate a particular food and you can't stomach it and it's all of a sudden you're going to struggle to eat. So make sure you have tested everything before you go and you know that you like it. That's the key thing. You have to like the food and it has to encourage you uh, to eat because, you know, sometimes you don't feel like it. All right. That's all for this week's episode. Bye for now. And bye from me.